0: And where, where are you right now?
1: I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Cool. And that's where you've been for how long?
1: So almost my entire life, although I did oh, wow. venture away. Um, I was born here in North Carolina. Um, and yeah, I have found myself in Rhode Island for college and then San Diego for a, another career path and then ended up back here in Raleigh where I'm from. So I, I made it back.
0: So, wow, you said San Diego and Rhode Island. Those are like two two of the furthest points away I feel like on the in the on the US map, right? But like they
1: they are. They truly are.
0: <laughs> and so you went to Rhode Island first and then San Diego?
1: Yeah, so out of um just out of high school, I went to University of Rhode Island for college, um go Rams, and <laughs> had a great four years there. I was studying ocean engineering. And the reason for Rhode Island was because that honestly is not offered at a lot of schools, that program. And so in selecting schools, it was between Florida, uh, Virginia Tech, I think Michigan had it at the time, maybe santa barbara and then rhode island and i had family on the cape and so i thought if i was going to go out of state for college maybe go close to some family so yeah you know, during any holidays or anything like that i could see them um so ended up in Re- rhode island which from september through what, whatever school months are academic year is like through may um Not the, not the most ideal time to be in Rhode Island. It's freezing. (laughs) We'd still galavan around, but it was, it was always so cold. Gosh. Um, But I, I know the summer months are amazing there, but so that's what, that's what brought me up to Rhode Island. Yeah.
0: And then you were like, I need warm weather. How about San Diego?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I actually ended up moving back to Raleigh after college Um, got my first big girl job and it was surprisingly in the career path that I was, um, that I had studied, which was ocean engineering. And they, those jobs tend to be in very specific locations, usually Mm -hmm. pretty coastal um, kind of naturally, but, but not always. So uh, there was a company down here, in Durham and in RTP Research Triangle Park. And I had a great opportunity. I, um, I got the job and I interned with them actually, I think between my junior and senior year, and then got a full-time position when I had moved back. And that was awesome. I was, uh, I was learning how to pilot underwater robotics via, yeah, via satellite communications. And play a pretty big role in some important oceanographic research. And it was, it was really fun. It was, it was such a cool job at times though, you know, you're, you're babysitting these robots that are out in the middle of the ocean <laughs> you're at, you're at home telling them what to do. Um, so there were some long hours and long nights and things like that. Um, but, but that kind of launched my career path and I did that here. And, um, that ended up that um, what do you want to call it, I guess sector of that company fizzled out. They sold that robotics division to another company. And so then I was kind of on the hunt for something different. Mm-hmm. and there was there was a company based out of Scotland who had a satellite office in San Diego, and they were looking to grow it, and they were doing a lot of, um, development for, for the Navy. And so I applied and I said, I got the position and I said, let's, I was with my boyfriend now husband at the time, but like, let's go to San Diego, let's do this.
0: Um,
1: so that, that's what brought us out to San Diego, which was incredible. Like what an awesome experience
0: yeah i want to back up to underwater robotics that we just (laughs) glossed over really quick yeah Uh, first off first off sounds super expensive uh yeah i can't imagine how expensive that stuff is but like you were controlling them from home they have cameras on them right they have to right
1: um not not in the traditional sense no so a lot of them just had many sensors um and no cameras so really you're taking positioning data. So, um, this one specifically, like we did a great project. Do you remember when the, uh, Deepwater horizon, uh, oil spill happened down in the Gulf? Yep. It was, this, it was a big, it was a really big deal. Um, and we sent some of our vehicles down there. And so for instance, you, you do have to have someone physically launch them. So we had a crew down yeah. there, they, they launch it. But then from there, it's all via satellite communication. So, I would tell the the vehicle where to go based on different depths and coordinates and these sorts of things. Um, and so, that's really how the kind of maneuvering happened, if you will. So there wasn't any cameras; I couldn't see it, but I could map. We could map it, right? So like it yeah. come up. It'd come up for air. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. It'd come up from air, <laughs> and you, and you would say, okay, well, this is where I am, um, and then it would stay on the surface until you told it to do its next thing. And sometimes that could be overnight. Sometimes that could be a day or two before it came back up. So it just kind of depended on on where you were and the project and the safety. And you had to know boat routes and boat traffic and make sure you weren't in the way of any, you know,
0: yeah.
1: rigs or things
0: like that. So. How That's, big are these, or how big is like the biggest one, or how big is the smallest one?
1: Great question. They they really really vary. Um, yeah, I figured. In in San Diego, I was dealing with ones that were the size of a I don't know a three foot cube maybe yeah four foot cube. Um, in when when I was working here in in Raleigh, that was probably. I would say 10 feet long, eight to 10 feet long. So they kind of look like little torpedoes. They're not, but they kind of look <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, so if somebody, sometimes people would see them. We had we had some go missing. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're in the ocean. And I remember my first one that went missing and I thought I was gonna lose my job. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. I lost this thing. Um, Sometimes they just stop communicating. And one time, I know one was found like on the shore of I don't know, maybe Spain or I don't know somewhere. But they they go all over. We've had some found with shark bites and
0: cool. So.
1: <laughs> I know, I know.
0: I mean, cool. Like for me, but I guess if it's you guys, you're like no because <laughs> they're know. so expensive. Very
1: expensive equipment. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, the first, and, and so I guess what are the exact names of them? Not not a rover, but I guess what's it called? Is it?
1: Uh, So this one specifically was the Sea Glider, University of Washington. They developed it, and then it was commercialized. And I'm not actually sure who the current owners of Sea Glider is, but they are all Mm -hmm. over. I mean, I know there's a big hub in Australia that utilizes them for oceanographic research. Um, There's some others, uh, the Mark 18 program out of uh, the Navy. There's one that was... um, an R and D vehicle. And it kind of just had an acronym for a name. It was nothing specific. Um, so they have, they have all different kinds of names, but that one specifically was called the sea glider. And I was a certified sea glider pilot.
0: <laughs> is that what they're, so is it like the common name for all of them? Like if you're like, Hey, I lost the sea glider or, or is it like I lost the,
1: Like what's, the, I, guess what's like the... I would say in the world of robotics, I think people would know what that is. You could mm-hmm. have um, an unmanned vehicle. You could call it. It's okay. just kind of like yep. a, a general term, um, an underwater unmanned vehicle, (UUV). So they have a a lot of different names. Some of them were ROVs, remote operated vehicles. So those were the ones that were also kind of fun because you were remote controlling them, they were tethered. So it wasn't through satellite communication. So we had the long tether and were remote controlling them, kind of honestly like a drone that you would have in air space, but underwater.
0: That's like straight out of a sci-fi movie, right?
1: It's
0: on the tether, and you're like, something's biting. The something's biting it. Like that's like literally when you mentioned like underwater robotics, the first thing I thought was like, oh my god, what did you see under the water? Are you allowed to talk about it? But
1: uh, something (laughs) uh, now.
0: I I click on stuff like that all the time on the news. It's like it's always like giant squid in Japan, and I'm like, cool. And I I love that stuff. But like, oh man, yeah, uh, yeah, that's like blowing my mind. Uh, Is there anything that you? I guess I'm trying to think of the way to word this. Is there anything that you learned while doing this that you like tell people that are like, Hey, like you have no idea, like how, I don't know. Like, is there anything that you learned that kind of would blow someone's mind? Like a fact Uh, about the ocean or anything?
1: Oh gosh. Um,
0: Besides, you know, it's like the, what common saying, right? It's like, we know way more about the moon than we do the, the bottom of the ocean. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, one thing I always found really interesting is when we were working um with sonar, which was to be able to see things underwater without a, a quote camera, if you will, it was it was sonar instead. They um dolphins are animals that have natural sonar built into their heads, really, like right up here. And honestly, the dolphins have probably better sonar than the tech that we have developed and I just find that amazing that an animal in the ocean like that can basically if you were to hide a penny or a dime under a sheet of paper you know I, a very long distance away it would be able to find it and yeah. that's I don't know that's just wild to me and we do have technology now that can do a pretty good job of that but I don't I don't think it will ever come close to like that natural, um ability of of that mammal, which I just think is so cool.
0: Yeah. Uh I think I I watched some documentary, I can't remember, and they basically said uh dolphins are porpoises, are they not? Or no? Yeah, yeah. Or is a whale a por yeah, is it I think so. Is that the word? I think so. Purpose? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um they basically said how like whales and dolphins are smarter than us in a way because they understand each other, their own language, and they understand us. But we don't understand them. We understand just mm. us. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, oh wow! Like I thought about it, and I was like, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. So the f- yeah, like they oh, use man.
1: they use what's called echolocation. So mm-hmm. they send out these clicks, and then they wait for the response to understand and make sense of their environment. And I just yeah, I think that's really cool. But also, they I mean, we would see the the dolphins training and they don't you know they don't utilize them anymore which is which is great but um yeah it's very fascinating and complex
0: yeah i i uh, no i saw blackfish i'm i'm against it too so don't worry <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
1: i know i know now they i mean they get fed I really like sushi grade diets and i mean they are treated with, <laughs> with care
0: that's good that's good uh yeah. no so okay you went to so you moved back to what, what? What year did you move back to North Carolina?
1: Um, let's see.
0: And it, you moved right, right back to Raleigh then, or is that where you yes. grew up, Raleigh? Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So that was 2009 when I graduated college, and I moved back. That's when I have what I call my big girl job. I had my own little bachelorette apartment and was living the life, and that was it was awesome. Um, but yeah, and then that opportunity came up in 2013 to move out to San Diego and that's when I thought yeah let's go to the west coast let's try it out at the you know at the time I didn't have any my family lives here and and my mm-hmm. now husband's family lives here but we thought what better time to do it than now and i i do think it's really valuable for people to kind of move away and yep. get a gist of what that's like and what that feels like i remember we would always say get comfortable being uncomfortable and i think that's i think that came from doing that big move i mean there were so many times that you'd be walking into what would be considered maybe an uncomfortable situation when you go to these networking events or anything like that and and at the end of the day you just have to get comfortable with those situations and figure out how to yeah. navigate them and i think moving away and and particularly we didn't know anybody we knew nobody um and when you do that i think it i think it i think it helps growth yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's
0: good for you long term, I think, for sure. Uh, I did something similar. Uh, I I feel like I've mentioned this on every episode, but like I used to. I uh-huh. moved to California when I was like 20, 20 maybe, uh, and I and I lived in small town oh, Ohio. Oh gosh, LA, so like, huh? A- I went to Los Angeles, which is like the exact opposite. So, yeah, which is which is way different than San Diego. Obviously, that's like a California thing that people don't really know. Is like every city is kind of about the other city. I know. <laughs> it's kind of like eh, like. They can stay there, yeah. Like north, north, yeah, northern and southern, and yeah, they're just a lot different. But uh, no, like, and I didn't know anyone. And I think about that sometimes now, and I'm like, wow, like that. I guess I took guts, and I didn't even think about it that way then. I just was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. Like, I don't know, literally didn't know a single right. person within. and you just had to kind of figure miles. it out. So, and you and you made just friends. Like, yeah, I'm
1: gonna go. You know, it it takes a, yeah. it takes a while. I, I would say as an adult, it definitely mm-hmm. takes longer to make friends. And it actually takes a pretty strong commitment to, to meeting up and planning those things and and staying consistent. Because the second you meet someone, if you're another month before you see them again, I mean, you see them then what 12 times a year, and that's really hard to develop. So any sort of like strong, meaningful relationship in that regard. So it has to be pretty consistent. And that takes a lot of time and energy.
0: Absolutely. Well, <laughs> and that's like I don't really talk to my friends much now from, you know, high school. Like I mean, I, I, a lot of people probably don't, but and if I do, it's a random text every, you know, so often. And yeah, but friends from college like California, I feel like I talk to them a lot more. And that's just because I don't know. I mean, it's funny how that works, but uh yeah, I mean, met people that I still talk to and I consider dear friends, but uh I, I like what you said about kind of like getting out of the bubble basically like don't yeah like being uncomfortable is a good thing sometimes so like i remember graduating high school and a lot of people were like oh i'm gonna room with my roommate's gonna be so and so like from their own school and i was like i i get what you're doing you want it to be like hey i know you know we're going there together i get that but i'm like you're you're kind of pushing people like like get like have a random roommate that you've never met because then you're gonna meet their friends and like it's that that's that's like part of college in my opinion is like like half of college no is just doing like meeting yeah, people yeah absolutely so um like I don't know what I, did you what did you of study of that, in being uncomfortable that's a school. good one uh, film which is <laughs> I you know I always, I always yeah. find that amazing <laughs> when people kind of have
1: known going in like. I want to do this, particularly with the wedding industry, right? Like, or, or events or that sort of thing. Like I know I want to do film, I'm going to do it. Or I know I want to do events. I know I want to do photography and they go straight in. And, and I think that's amazing. Cause I do feel like at, you know, 17, 16, really, when you're trying to decide what college to go to, because you have to do a junior year, you're like picking a path. Oh yeah. And that. to me, which is pretty tricky. And that's one thing that I learned after 10 years of being in this one career that I really did enjoy it, but there were things that were not f- fulfilling. Um,
0: mm-hmm, absolutely. And I,
1: and I, so I always find it amazing when people, you know, similar to yourself, kind of know and they go in and they're like, this is it. This is what I want to do.
0: Yeah. I, I fell into like what, I mean, no one goes to film school wanting to be a wedding cinematographer. I mean, they just don't. Right? Like, right. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was. I didn't know that existed. Uh, but like, I definitely wanted to be behind the camera, and then I liked screenwriting a lot. I just wanted to do something with the arts because uh, I was always like the movie nerd growing up, and like, I had like a very, very, very good like memory, like a photographic one. And oh my gosh, so I, I just, envy that. <laughs> yeah. So like, I I don't know. I just think of oh, like my wife sometimes. Like she's like, how do you? Like I'll, I'll we'll watch a random TV show and I'm like oh that's that one guy's dad from that movie uh, came out in 1982, uh, and she'll just be like what I don't I don't know why <laughs> I do that I just I can picture it I've been at like parties in LA and I'm like that guy's from the longest yard not the remake with Adam Sandler but the uh, original one with uh, <laughs> Burt Reynolds and uh, <laughs> and then we walk know. up and talk to him and it sure and sure enough it was him and super nice guy super random stuff like that but uh no I talked to Molly Macaulay about uh you mentioned like kind of being unfulfilled with like you know the choice that you make when you're like in high school like i think yeah. that's why so many people change career paths like when you're 16 you don't know anything about the world right so why would you have to choose your career then that's so stupid i think i don't know i, I don't <laughs> know if school i don't know if school's that way now but like obviously it was like when i was in high school it was very much like you're going to be a junior time to start thinking about your future and i'm like i get that because like timeline, that makes sense because I'm going to be out of here in like a year and a half. I get that part. But also, like our brains aren't even fully formed yet until you're like, what, in your 20s or something? something.
1: I think so. Maybe. <laughs> like, 20, I'm 16. I, I
0: just, yeah, I'm like, I just got my driver's license like yesterday. What are we talking about the, the military for? What's going on? Like just stuff like that. And I'm like, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's set up for us to fail. Like I truly think it's like, why would you put be pushed? Like, I don't know. Why would you push that on us? It's so weird. I would just go back. To high school and say hey like pick something now that you think you really really like and that will branch off into something that you're like oh i love like that's what i would do i wouldn't think about money i would think i wouldn't think about what your parents want you to do i would think what you want to do uh that's a big one
1: so. yeah and quite honestly I, I mean and i don't regret in a single way what mm-hmm. i what i studied what i learned what i did i mean i think it all ended up playing a on- huge role and in, in what I do now, to be honest, a lot of people don't necessarily understand the connection between the two. But not only that, I knew, before going into college, I, I actually wanted to design yachts, luxury yachts. And I thought, through architecture and drawing, and I loved drafting and all of that, that was truly uh, the path that I had considered taking. And Uh, ocean engineering sounded like marine architecture. (laughs) I don't know. And so I kind of just went into that and it wasn't marine architecture at all. Um, Mm. there was no, no drafting or drawing involved in it. Um, and to be honest, had I maybe followed that, I might still be with that. And I say that because that had that creative side to it where I wanted to put a pen to paper and really, and really get creative in that way. And not just the other part of my brain which I always say I'm very equal equal parts you know I'm very creative but I'm also super nerdy like I like to nerd out on the spreadsheets and the numbers and databases and all of that but also like the pen to paper and the drawing and the creative things those were really important to me and I do feel like that marine architecture might have satisfied that um in some of that design and particularly kind of in that luxury market I just think that would have been a really cool career path. Um, but all that to say, I, you know, I don't regret at all what I have done. It, it formed who I am and the people I've met and where I've been and all of that. And I think that's, you know, that's part of it too. But having to pick, having to pick is tricky.
0: Yeah. Do you ever see luxury yachts now? And you're like, ah, what could have been
1: <laughs> you know really I'm like oh man I just, I just want to be on that thing <laughs> right
0: <laughs> you, uh, your yeah. goal is like well if I if I if I'm an architect then they'll just give me one
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, just you know come out of thin air I also thought it could be fun to um you know a little off topic but even crew luxury yachts like being a crew on them or which I know there's there's a lot of that and that's also part of hospitality. I mean, hospitality is a crew on a luxury yacht and so um but then at the end of the day I was like, no, I rather would have just like been the designer or the one enjoying the yacht, not working yeah. on it.
0: <laughs> Do you um do you watch below deck, the T V show?
1: I know of it and honestly no, I have never <laughs> watched it and I should. I think I'd enjoy yeah. it. Although I hear My... it's a little crazy.
0: It's like you know how it goes, right? I don't know if you remember the Real World. I used to watch the Real World a lot when mm-hmm. I was younger. Mm-hmm. and it's you know it was very like sincere but now it's like people Dramatic. trying to get social media f- yeah so it's like they're gonna do whatever they can to get you know to raise or you know make waves but like but so it's below deck there's like a couple different ones it's funny that we're talking about this but like there's like uh we, we watch my wife and i watch below deck mediterranean that's our favorite ooh, but like ooh. there's like a sailing there's a sailing yacht one there's like a uh, below deck down under it's in australia but like i like the mediterranean one Uh, basically it's just like the real world on a yacht is basically what it is. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it's just like entertaining. And I like to see all the rich people that come on and like rent, you know, they charter it for like three days. Uh, I don't know. I just like watching that stuff. It's kind of fun and all the food's amazing. So, but yeah, that's,
1: that's part of it. Like the culinary experiences on those boats Mm -hmm. just look incredible. I mean, and, and to watch the level of hospitality that is being, brought on that type of level oh you know level a 150 foot luxury yacht like that just i don't know I, I i like to see that too so i actually would probably enjoy watching yeah. and a little bit of reality i mean we can all it's a little grub, bit of trash out, out on a little bit
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's like half track half like ooh, that's real look at that uh I, i'm always like i wonder what the chef makes on the show because i'm always like i mean like like money wise i'm always like man i bet oh, like true. to be able to be a chef on luxury yacht, you're probably making a lot of money but uh Yeah, just little things like that. No, it's on Bravo, by the way, (laughs) if you want to check it out. (laughs) It's probably streaming somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah, there's a couple of them. But like, you can probably just look up a couple of clips on YouTube if you don't want to commit uh, to check it out. But um, no, so you mentioned the hospitality. And that's where we're like, obviously, your brain kind of works that way. Like you mentioned like hospitality. So is that where you kind of got into like the wedding planning? Or how did you go from that to that?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I always say hospitality starts in your home. I mean, it's kind of what you have maybe grown up with or learned. I felt like, you know, there's, there's different ways to be hospitable. And I think it truly does start in your home when you're inviting people in, or even just having an overnight guest or anything like that. It, it all stems from your house. And I think I always grew up learning that. Um, and, you know, my parents would love to have friends over and, um, always got together with family for dinner. And I just think it's a great, you know, space to have learned that. And so for me, it was almost just a, like a natural thing to have that hospitality side of things. Um, and that's actually where the house of Lion House came from. Um, and then I would say, you know, from there, I always love to bring people together for a common purpose. And part of that is that hospitality. But I remember even here in in Raleigh before moving out to San San Diego, before launching my business full time, I was always looking for ways to bring friends together or friends and family together. And whether that be for my husband, it was in a band, whether that be like, Hey, we're going to go to a show tonight. Like let's all celebrate to having a barbecue beer and bands in my friend's backyard where we had kegs donated. It was for charity. We had um, oysters roasting. We had a a friend of ours cook a pig. My husband's band played. I mean, it was just, you know, a fun time. I think maybe a hundred people came out and it was just, it was just a great time. So it was always finding ways to bring people together for a common purpose, whether that be at that time for a charity event of which I really didn't end up getting to donate very much because I spent so much on the event. So <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that charity events ended up being my forte, <laughs> um, but it was always fun to to do that. And that I think that's just a natural. That's just natural. Uh, a lot of people have a natural skill and ability and a gift. And I think that's one of those that I I do have and I wanted to share with people and so that's part of where that came from and then i had a friend out in san diego who was getting married and i said hey can i do your wedding you know i just wanted to try it yeah and i did it i learned so much it was it was wild (laughs) um but i learned a lot and and honestly that was kind of the kickstart of it and i thought and i was doing that on the side of this engineering career And there came a point in time where it was going to be one or the other because it's a lot of work um, to plan and design events, truly. Mm -hmm. And so I I knew that eventually it was going to have to be one or the other. You know, I didn't want it to be a hobby. Um, I I didn't have time for it to be a hobby. Um, So I was either going to stick with the engineering or I was going to jump ship and start a business of my own. Um, and when we decided to move back to North Carolina in 2017, that was the perfect time to do that. It was just it was it was a great transition. I thought, okay, well, you know, nobody knows what I am. I'm gonna rebrand. I was I was one company name at the time and lesson learned. Uh, I found out it was trademarked after going through a full branding expensive branding process. So moving back was a perfect time to kind of re, relaunch that and and start Lion House and um, under an under a new name. So,
0: I like how you had the initiative to ask your friend, "Hey, like, can I plan your wedding or can I can I do it?" Where, oh yeah. I feel like uh, a theme that I've uh, seen in this podcast is when I've asked people kind of how they started. It's almost always a. Like a friend, a fam, like some kind of friend is always like, "Hey, you have a camera, right?" Like it almost always. That's how it started for me, and multiple people, and it's similar to you. But you know, for planning, it's just like, yeah. And I like, I do like that you ask them, not the other way around. I think that definitely says something about your personality. I was gonna ask, where did the name uh, Lion House come from?
1: Yeah, so so like I said, the house came from hospitality, starting in my home. I I feel strongly about that. I also think. House can hold a lot of things and in, in business and strategically, I didn't know where the direction of Lion House could go. I thought maybe, um, it could have a, a floral sector under it. I, I love doing florals. At one point I considered bringing that into the business, um, decided that was an insane amount of work. I, my hat is off to florists. Um, and but I just liked that house could, it could be a design house. It could be a floral house. It could be, you know, really anything. And so that was part, part of it too. So house made sense for that. And then, uh, I'm a Leo, um, a a fair fire Leo. So lion house just kind of fit. And I felt like it, it felt like a strong name. It felt distinguished. It felt unique and different than just my name. Um, and it, it yeah it just kind of felt right
0: this has been great i just want to say thanks for coming on and thanks for taking time uh, i really appreciate it
1: of course yeah i know i enjoyed enjoyed chatting with you and kind of you know uncovering a little bit about my story
0: i hope to meet you in person sometime soon
1: we'll have to make that happen
0: hopefully soon all right thanks bye
1: yeah thank you bye